listening to Psychology NCERT Class 11th and 12th with Dr. Kavita Bhargav. Greetings of the day. I am Dr. Kavita Bhargav back again with another episode on Self and Personality Class 12th Chapter Number 2. Into this episode, you may look forward to answers to questions like What is the basic assumption of Adler's theory? How psychological qualities are developed? What is the structural unit of personality? Mention different means through which people's personality gets projected in a culture. Mention some techniques to assess personality. Mention two problems from which the self-report measures suffers. Define interview. What is unstructured interview? What happens in dual stage? You may also expect answers to short questions type like Briefly discuss Alfred Adler's theory of individual psychology. Critically analyze Erickson's theory. Who is considered as a healthy person? Describe what is the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory MMPI? Discuss what is a draw a person test? Give some examples of interpretations. Write a note on the nomination and situational test for the assessment of personality. Point out the features of projective techniques of personality assessment. For long answer type questions, you can consider questions like How would Horney's explanation of depression be different from that of Alfred Adler? What is main proposition of humanistic psychology or humanistic approach to personality? What did Maslow mean by self-actualization? Discuss the main observational methods used in personality assessment. What problems do we face in using these methods? Explain how projective techniques assess personality. Which projective techniques or tests of personality are widely used by psychologists? Write a short note on the Rorschach ink plot test. And also why was Freud criticized by the new Freudians? So we'll be covering these um, questions through the key ideas that I'm going to cover in this episode. The key ideas that we'll be discussing are post-Freudian approaches, behavioral approach, cultural approach, humanistic approach, assessment of personality, and behavioral analysis. So let's begin with the post-Freudian approaches. Now, these post-Freudians were, almost all of them were the students of Freud. Based upon certain points that Freud couldn't address, these stood against him and gave their own theories. Why was Freud criticized? This is an important one from the perspective of your questions, your examinations. So, Freud was criticized majorly because of four reasons. The first one was 
the method of study or inquiry that freud utilized was case studies and case studies they lack the scientific basis the rigorous scientific basis that we consider of value in psychology the second is the sampling the sample of freud was very small or very atypical in nature so that led to advancement of generalizations and most of the times he was his own client to study the third is the concepts that he gave are not properly defined so it becomes very difficult for scientific testing in this situation lastly especially karen horney he blamed freud for using male as the prototype of all human personality development and he overlooked female experiences and perspectives so that was the main important point he was like more of male oriented in his study so karen horney was the one who focused upon this male thing the first neo freudian or the post freudian is carl jung he talks about aims and aspirations Jung was the one who worked with Freud in his early stages of career but later on he broke away from him Jung said that human beings are guided as much by aims and aspirations as by sex and aggression he developed his theory called the analytical psychology basically it assumes that there are competing forces and structures within the individual that must be balanced rather than between the individuals and the demands of society or between the individual and reality so more of focus upon within going within and finding out what is it in me that is lacking or what is it that needs to be balanced what is competing inside of me not outside so he claimed about the concept called collective unconscious he said that all individuals have an archetype or primordial images that we inherit when we are born he talks about god mother earth these are all examples of archetypes we find all of these in the myths dreams and arts of the culture and the mankind so he said that entire life the self or the inside or the self individual self is striving to reach unity and oneness with these archetypes each time he expresses something an archetype is expressed in many ways according to him achieving unity and wholeness as a person must become increasingly aware of the wisdom available in one's personal and collective unconscious and we must learn to live in harmony with it you know in hypnotherapy we talk about the collective unconsciousness or the law of attraction and the secret talks about it if you look at this small little theory or the concept of carl jung it looks so small but when in therapies we talk about it and you know individual actually go down there in this archetype it's wide it's huge it is believed that the wisdom that you need is already existing in the superconscious and that's what here carl jung called it as collective unconscious the second is karen horney she talked about optimism she adopted optimistic view of human life with emphasis on human growth and self actualizations she says that each sex has attributes to be admired by the other you just can't place the male over the female sex or female over the male sex or gender she said that women were more likely to be affected by social and cultural factors than by the biological factors freud just talked about or focused upon the psychosexual stages of development she argued that the psychological disorders 
that we are looking forward to they are developed by disturbed interpersonal relationships during childhood this generally comes from the parents behavior towards a child especially when it is indifferent discouraging erratic in nature you know you don't approve of your child these days you know in this month i'm getting cases where the parents are much more worried about their sons settling down their career the sons are just 25 or 26 years of age but it shows lot of pab towards the parents why is the child not agreeing to settle for a career maybe he is looking for what he is liking what he perceives but if a parent figure if a parent is constantly after his life then more of issues are there he he won't settle because now he wants to explore himself understand himself but yet again the parent figure his software is saying you settle down first it needs time in this process the mind the software of the child is not operating on the hardware of the child so please parents a suggestion is pull back all your energies from your children nobody does anything to hurt themselves they will hurt themselves or sabotage themselves only when you have issues with them if you are not accepting them so the idea is to give them unconditional positive regard accept them as they as your children they do not own the responsibility to earn for your family give them the space to understand and realize especially with the ascension and these times of corona they need to refigure it out what all they want in their life ultimately their happiness matters to you not the career they are in or not the time when they are settled if they are happy you should be happy too same is focused or given the priority by karen horney she says that a basic anxiety is developed if the parents are indifferent discouraging and erratic the child feels insecure and hence the basic result anxiety starts so deep resentment towards parent or parents or basic hostility occurs due to this anxiety which the parents are giving them consciously or unconsciously so by showing excessive dominance or indifference or by providing too much or too little approval parents can actually generate isolation and helplessness in the children which will definitely interfere with the healthy development next is alfred adler he talked about the lifestyle and social interest the theory which he gave is known as individual psychology the basic assumption of this theory is that human behavior is purposeful and goal directed each one of us has the capacity to choose and to create whatever we want in our life so our personal goals they form the source of that motivation to create or to choose the goals that provide us with security and help us in overcoming the feelings of inadequacy they are the ones that are important in our personality development so if a goal is met if security is received achieved then personality is developed but as alfred adler says each individual has the feelings of inadequacy and guilt within which leads to inferiority complex that again is a result of the childhood situations once we overcome this complex then optimal personality development is achieved eric from he talked about the human concerns so freud talked about biological orientation here eric from talked about social orientation he said that human beings are basically social beings and we can easily understand these social beings based upon the relationships they have with others and he argued that the psychological qualities such as growth and realization of potentials they result from desire for freedom and striving for justice and truth from said that the character traits or the personality is developed 
when we interact with the individuals which means with our experiences with other individuals as we say no man is an island while the culture is shaped by the mode of existence of a given society so whatever the society is accordingly the culture will be and as per the culture the personality traits will develop like for example if there is a society which is a farmer's society then in this society more of faithfulness more of hard work etc will be promoted he also said that people's dominant character traits in any given society they are very important forces in shaping the social processes and the culture itself he focused upon the value of positive qualities such as tenderness and love in personality development eric erikson talked about search for identity he said that there is an identity crisis in each one of us and to search this identity that's a lifelong process it doesn't start with one age and ends with another but it continues till we are alive he says that young people must generate for themselves a central perspective and a direction that can give them a meaningful sense of unity and purpose coming now to the behavioral approach this approach does not give importance to the internal dynamics of the behavior rather talks about the data which is definable observable measurable so according to them personality can best be understood as the human being responses they see development and simply a change in response characteristics like a person may learn a new set of behavior in response to new environment and stimuli like for example if you are in jaipur suppose i was in jaipur my behavior is different when i am in ajmer my complete schedule is different i'll get up at 11 or sleep at 4 in jaipur i'll get up at 7 am sleep on time in noida even better so similarly the behaviorists say that every time there is a change in response the personality is developing so the structural unit of personality according to behaviorist is the response each response is a behavior which is emitted to satisfy a specific need if we look at the eating behavior of the children so initially all of us you know we don't feel like eating the veggies or green leafy vegetables I personally if I talk about I avoided using dalia or eating dalia but now every evening give me dalia and i'll fruitfully eat it so slowly all of us learn to eat green leafy vegetables and what whatever is healthy for us but it takes time so there is a different response each time when we are even growing up but looking at children you know if if we look in our uh, developmental ages then we were small when we we would eat green leafy vegetables the children would be praised by the parents so wow you today you're eating this and you know some uh, appreciation will be given so this is a reinforcement given by the parents the child looks for it once you reinforce it you give the reward to the child the child is happy and starts enjoying eating green leafy vegetables similarly if you don't like any behavior of a child you give them avoidance or punishment and they would stop doing that particular thing so the personality is a complete thing which is accomplished through behaviors behaviors are result of the responses that are reinforced the theories the three again if you look look at um, the theories of behavioral approach these are again the three conditioning classical conditioning as given by pavlov instrumental conditioning as given by skinner and observational learning as given by bandura so we all are aware of all these three types of theories right from our class 11 all these three theories talk about different learning and maintenance behaviors from different angles and each of these they help in the development of the personality observational learning theory considers that thought processes 
extremely important in learning. So, these are very important in learning but these find almost no place in classical conditioning or instrumental conditioning theories. While observational learning theory emphasizes that social learning which is based upon the observation and imitation of others around us as well as the self-regulation which others the other theories are missing out. If you talk, if, if you look at new Freudians or the Freudians, Freudian approach. Coming to the next topic which is cultural approach. Now this approach states that the economic maintenance system plays an important role in the origin of cultural and behavioral variations in an individual. The climatic condition of any terrain, of the people, of the habitat and the availability of food which is in general terms we talk about the flora and the fauna. It determines the person's economic activities also the settlement patterns, the social structures, division of labor and other features such as child rearing practices. So, if we look at it as a whole, then a child's overall learning environment is a product of all these elements. People's skills, abilities, behavioral styles and value priorities, all these are linked to these features. The rituals, the ceremonies, religious practices, arts, recreational activities, games and the play, all these are the helpful sources through which a personality of a person is developed and it also gets projected in a culture. So, people develop various personalities or the behavioral qualities in an attempt to adapt to the ecological and cultural features of a group's life. Thus, the cultural approach considers personality as an adaptation of individuals or groups to the demand of their ecology and culture. So, let's understand if there are people who are living in a forest and the mountainous region. So, hunting and gathering will be their main economic activities and the source of living. So, if we look at it, then these will be the people who will be more aggressive in nature. They will not be caring much about the love and the care and the concern or the flexibility. Aim is their main important thing. They will aim at their target and shoot it out. While in cultural, agricultural societies, children would be more obedient to elders, nurturant to youngsters and responsible in their duties. So, if we sum it up, then the obedience to elders, nurturance to youngsters and responsible in their duties are the traits of agricultural society. But these will be variant from the behavioral qualities of the hunter and the gatherer societies. These will be the people who will show more of traits like independence, autonomy, achievement. Because of these different social and cultural demands, children in hunting and gathering and agricultural societies develop and display a different personality behaviors or patterns. So, it's not about who is wrong, who is right, what is there, what is not there. It's not about being judgmental or just understanding the culture and the society of an individual. Where is he coming from? Once you understand it, being therapist also, it becomes easy for you to look into the background of a person. Now, let's talk about the humanistic approach. As we know, Freud's theory was the main motive behind the humanists to start their work, especially Carl Rogers and Abraham Maslow, they have particularly contributed to the development of humanistic perspective on personality. The idea was to reach the fully functioning person. So, Rogers, he said that there are motivating forces for personality development in and around the individual. And people try to express themselves, their potential, their talents, in the fullest extent possible. That's an inborn tendency. You can't change it. 
the two basic assumptions of human behaviors according to Carl Rogers is that number one, behavior is goal directed and worthwhile. Number two, people who are innately good will almost always choose adaptive self-actualizing behavior. Carl Rogers said that people are constantly engaged in process of actualizing their true self which means to reach their highest potential whatever best they can. There is a concept called ideal self. The self tries to reach the ideal self with each day of his life, with each act of his life. The more the difference between the real self and the ideal self, the more the person will be in disturbed interpersonal relationships and behaviors. So the idea is to bridge the gap between the real self and the ideal self. Rogers basically said that the principle is that people have a tendency to maximize self-concept through self-actualization. And in this complete process, the self grows, expands and becomes more social. So personality development is a continuous process. It involves learning to evaluate oneself and mastering what or where you want to reach the self-actualization process. When social conditions are positive, the self-concept and self-esteem are high. In contrast, when they are negative, the self-concept and self-esteem goes low. People with high self-esteem and self-concept are the ones who are flexible in nature. They are new to experiences and they are open enough to grow and continue their self-actualization levels. Hence, the unconditional positive regard is an important concept because this would create a space where an individual can grow and learn and enhance himself and his own self-concept. Carl Rogers gave client-centered therapy to sort this thing out. While Maslow talked about the hierarchy of needs, he also suggested that the self-actualization levels are the main aim of a person which helps him in reaching the fullest potential. He showed an optimistic and positive view of man who has the potentials for love, joy and also to do the creative work. He said that each individual is free to shape their lives and to self-actualize. So self-actualization is the prime motive that governs the life of an individual. We know that biological security and belongingness needs are commonly found among animals and human beings. Thus, an individual's only concern with the satisfaction is the satisfaction of these needs. They should not reduce. If they reduce, they go back and try to fulfill them. So, there is a constant pursuit of self-esteem and self-actualization needs. So, this was all about the approaches to personality. Now, let's understand who is a healthy person. The humanistic theorists, they said that a person who shares the following characteristics is a healthy person. The three important characteristics are, these are the people who become aware of themselves, their feelings, their limitations, they accept themselves as they are and what they make of their lives and their own responsibility. They have the courage to be. The second is they experience the here and now and they are not trapped in the past there and then or the future there and then. So They live in the moment fully. The third is they do not believe in the past or dwell in the future through anxious expectations and distorted defenses. No defenses are there. So once we master all these three points, we can be labeled as a healthy person. Now let's talk about the assessment of personality. So a formal effort aimed at understanding personality of an individual is termed as personality assessment. The most commonly used techniques for assessing a personality are psychometric test, self-report measures, 
projective techniques and behavioral analysis if you look at the self report measures then these are you know certain questions some uh, rating scales or some things some inventories you can call them where the person rates himself or herself on a 5 point rating scale or a 4 point rating scales and accordingly the calculations are done the responses are accepted at their face value so they are scored in quantitative terms and interpreted on the basis of norms developed for the test some of the rating scales are as below the mmpi or the minnesota multiphasic personality inventory if you look at mmpi then there are 567 statements in this complete test it's a very bulky and huge test it was given by hathaway and mckinley the test has 10 subscales which seek to diagnose hypochondriasis depression hysteria psychopathic deviations masculinity femininity paranoia psychasthenia schizophrenia mania and social introversion in india we have a version of um, mmpi which is developed by malik and joshi this is often or this is known as jmpi the full form of jmpi is jodhpur multiphasic personality inventory this is along the lines of mmpi the second one is ein6 personality questionnaire often known as epq as we have talked about it earlier as well in the previous episode it talks about the two dimension in personality which is introverted extroverted and emotionally stable or emotionally unstable dimension later on a third dimension was added to it which is psychoticism these dimensions are characterized by 32 personality traits the psychoticism is linked to psychopathology and can be referred or represented as a lack of feeling for others a tough manner of interacting with people and a tendency to defy social conventions someone who scores high on psychoticism we can say that he is hostile egocentric and antisocial if we compare mmpi and epq then epqr is more widely used as compared to mmpi mmpi itself is a huge test and requires lot of efforts there are not even the stencils and stuff for that so it's all manual is 16 personality factor questionnaire or 16 pf it was developed by katel and measures the personality based upon the 16 personality factors as developed by katel it is often used for school level students college students and the adults and it is very useful in career guidance vocational exploration and occupational testing as well apart from all these there are few more self report techniques which may measure um, dimensions like authoritarianism locus of control optimism etc and there these tests will be discussed with you if you take up psychology in your future courses the only issue with self report measures is that it has a number of problems number one is social desirability the person generally endorses those items which approve of him socially socially desirable manner so the person is himself rating you can understand he may have a tendency to you know be a socially desirable human being so he may rate all those items on that scale according to this error second is acquiescence which is a tendency to agree with items or questions irrespective of whatever the content is like there can be many people who can keep who keep on saying yes 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 yes, yes or, or they will mark no 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 or five to almost all the items so doesn't make sense so this can be another error into self report measures so 
in order to avoid all those uh, issues or errors we have another category of tests which are the projective techniques so in this you know the psychoanalysis theory is utilized uh, because it talks about largely the human behavior is governed by unconscious motives so in this you know uh, these are cent percent true whatever is the going on in the subconscious mind of the person the person will be talking about it without even having or facing these errors which i just described before so there are basically some uh, pictures which are shown there are no items no no scales or no statements or incomplete statements so let me just discuss what it is about so here the answer basically comes from your subconscious mind or the unconscious mind whatever you have repressed years ago or you know right from your birth so all those can be found out through projective techniques very easily and effortlessly if you talk about the nature of stimuli and responses in these techniques then they share all of them almost all of them share the following features the stimuli are relatively or fully unstructured or poorly defined so the person just has to look at the picture and tell what exactly is he looking at or what is going on in his mind the person being assessed is usually not told about the purpose of the assessment and the method of scoring and interpretation so the you know uh, point of error or you can say manipulative uh, rating is eliminated like this the person is informed that there is no correct or incorrect option so whatever the response is everything stands correct as per the client and the therapist analyzes whatever the response is given by the client so each response that the client would give would definitely show some significant aspect of the personality of the individual and scoring and interpretations are lengthy and sometimes very subjective in nature also so this is basically the qualitative analysis of a person so let's understand few of those projective techniques that i just discussed the first is the rorschach inkblot test the most famous test almost all the clinical psychologists would be using it and we also use it for uh, identifying uh, whether the person needs medication or not so this was given by herman rorschach the test has 10 ink blots five black and white and five colored cards colored may be two of them are with red ink the remaining three in some pastel shades some pastel colors the blots are symmetrical in design with a specific shape or form each blot is printed in the center of a white cardboard about 7 to 10 inches size initially it was the blots were made by dropping ink on a piece of paper and then folding the paper in half hence it is called the ink blots test the cards are administered in two phases the first phase is the performance proper here the subject is shown the cards and is asked to tell what they see in each of them the second phase is called the inquiry phase where the detailed response or the report of the response of the person is prepared by asking the subject to tell where how and in what basis is this particular response made so a fine judgment by the therapist is here a necessary element so hence you know only those who are experienced into roshak are given roshak uh, testing from uh, kesaik services my company otherwise we do not use this test so we have the experts for this the second is the thematic apperception test here this test is given by morgan and murray it is little more structured than the ink blot test the test has 30 black and white picture cards and one blank card each picture card shows uh, one or more people in a variety of situations so the picture is shown and the uh, person is asked to form a story out of it so 20 cards are appropriate for a subject although the a lesser number of cards even 5 they can also be successfully used so some of them are just for adult females adult males some of them are for boys and girls so that's how it goes the cards are presenting one at a time and the story is to be told by the client describing whatever the picture is showing them 
so this generally suggests uh, you know questions like what led up to the situation what is happening in the moment what will happen in future or what the characters are feeling and thinking in this situation so there is a standard procedure for scoring the tat responses uma choudhary she gave an indian adaptation of tat and that test is also available easily the next is rosenwick's picture frustration study the pf study it was given by rosenwick to assess how people express aggression in the face of a frustrating situation so there are certain cartoon characters onto the cards and the pictures are given to the person and how they would respond looking at those frustrating events that is analyzed through picture frustration test the direction of aggression may be towards environment towards oneself or it may be tuned off in an attempt to gloss over or evade the situation the picture frustration test has an indian adaptation by parikh the next is sentence completion test so you know um, it's a test like half of the statement will be given so it is a semi projective technique where uh, questions or sentences like my father dash now fill it my greatest fear is dash or i like dash i am happy about dash now whatever the person will say that will reflect his unconscious motivations which are not into his awareness many a time so attitudes motives conflicts all these can be analyzed through these half semi projective techniques you can see the next is a draw a person test it's another famous one it's a simple test where the person is asked to draw a person on a sheet of paper a pencil and eraser is given to the person to facilitate the drawing after the person completes whatever the figure he has drawn and generally it's the figure of an opposite sex person this is how it goes about then the person is analyzed based upon the interpretations of whatever he has drawn example of some interpretations are like you know omission of facial features suggest that the person tries to evade a highly conflict ridden interpersonal relationship like if there is something on the face they did not draw or deleted or removed then there is a hidden conflict in interpersonal relationships graphics emphasizing on the neck it suggests that there is lack of control over impulses disproportionately large head suggest organic brain disease and preoccupation with headaches so the draw a man test it helps us understand unconscious motives deep rooted conflicts and emotional complexes of the individual it definitely requires specialized training so anyone or everyone cannot do this next is behavioral analysis just like projective semi projective and rating scales we have behavioral analysis these are based upon the interviews observations ratings nominations and situational tests in interviews we have two types of interviews for the diagnosis these are often used for uh, hiring people also so the two types are unstructured interviews and structured interviews in unstructured interviews you know a number of questions will be asked based upon the way a person is responding that would potentially reveal his or her personality in structured interview they know okay these are the specific uh, questions and they follow a set procedure this is what is supposed to be asked that is asked and it is objective in comparison to the unstructured interview in structured interview use of rating scales is also common so that an objectivity can be given to the evaluations in unstructured it's just like whatever comes to the mind of the interviewer the second is observation so in psychology we often use observational techniques to understand the human behavior and personality of a person generally a clinical psychologist may observe his or her client interacting with the family members and the home visitors how are they actually you know uh, interacting or communicating with the people around that gives 
a glimpse of their personality type so both interview as well as um, the observational methods there are certain limitations these are first is a professional training is required to collect the useful data through these methods otherwise it will be demanding and quite time consuming maturity of a psychologist is important the third is mere presence of observer may actually contaminate the result if the person knows somebody is observing then he may pretend or try to perform better while in real situation he may not be that good the next is behavioral ratings in this certain items or scales are given to people around and uh, a 360 degree rating can be done like you know if you want to um, rate a person in his job then you know you can give one scale to the superior the other to the junior two to the colleagues and one to the friend and stuff so that's how you rate the other person's behaviors and uh, motives and inputs whatever the inventories are asking for the behavioral method rating method has also certain effects like the halo effect you know if the halo effect is like if one person is good at something you may consider this person good at almost everything now suppose there is a person who studying in a school and you are giving the questionnaire to his friends or seniors or juniors and this person has a mother teaching in the school then all of them will have a tendency okay this teacher is good so the child is good in this one or two things and so they will be rating the person good in almost everything this is a halo effect your own judgment which are based upon the biases so that may affect the results the raters also have a tendency to place individual either in the middle category bias you know certainty you know the 3 3 3 3 to all sometimes category you will not give the extremes of the positions and second could also be the extreme response bias where you are just rating the person in 5 5 5 or the extreme good always good positions rather than made putting the person in the middle categories on the scale so these uh, two are um, important uh, limitations for behavioral ratings the next is the nominations where you know uh, in our schools like you know when we study in schools generally teachers nominate so and so person for the prefect type jobs similarly we can ask you know who can be the leader or who can be the um, motivator or who can be the inspiration or who would be the monitor of the person or who would be the person who would be able to best do this job so this generally uh, describes the behavioral qualities of the person so the more the people nominate you the more the characteristics that you have and it is helpful in personality and behavioral qualities of a person so you understand these are these two can be analyzed easily and effortlessly and you can be dependable in such situations the last is the situational test so situational tests are often given to people who are um, in the interview zones like you know if you are becoming a, a civil servant you are going to become that then in training schools you will be placed into um, certain rooms and your behavior will be observed or there will be certain stressful situations which will be given to you like you know people who are non cooperative to you who are in interfering in your task or you will be given a role to be played so you know in such situations how are you actually dealing with people around are you able to take in the pressure and perform better or you give up or you become aggressive or non cooperative in nature so verbal report is also obtained along with the observations of your behavior the situation may be realistic one or it can be created through a video play or a role play also so this was all about this episode and let me just sum it up quickly In this episode I talked about post freudian approaches behavioral approaches cultural approach humanistic approach assessment of personality and behavioral analysis in post freudians I talked about Carl Jung Karen Horney Alfred Adler Eric Fromm and Eric Erikson 
Carl Jung talked about the analytical psychology. He was Freud's student. Human being, he said that, is guided by aims and aspirations. Personality is a combination of competing forces and structures within the individual and that needs to be balanced. Collective unconsciousness has the archetype or primordial images which are primitive figures and we inherit them. They exist in myths, dreams and arts. So self-unity and oneness needs to be achieved within. The wholeness and unity concept was emphasized by Carl Jung. He said that once you are aware of knowledge in your own personal as well as collective unconscious, plus you learn to live with this wisdom, then you are complete and whole. Karen Horney talked about optimism. She was also a Freud student. She said that human growth and self-actualization needs to be emphasized more as compared to the genders or the sex which Freud talked about. She said that men and women are of equal importance. Women, in fact, are more affected by the social and cultural factors. Disturbed interpersonal relationships leads to psychological disorders. Insecure feelings of child generates basic anxiety in a person and this gives rise to helplessness and isolation in children. Alfred Edler, he talked about lifestyle and social interests. The theory he gave is known as individual psychology. He said that human behavior and choices are purposeful and goal-directed. Every individual faces feelings of inadequacy and guilt. Hence, the inferiority complex is developed. Motivation is in the person's life is through the personal goals we set for ourselves. Personality is shaped by personal goals and it helps to overcome the feeling of inferiority and gives us security in life. So hence, personality development is a lifelong process. Eric Fromm talked about the human concerns. He said that human beings are social beings and the relationships they have, we can analyze their personality through looking at all this. Desire for freedom and striving for justice, truth, all this shapes the quality of love, growth and achieving potential. Experiences with others shape character traits, that is our personality. The dominant characters in the culture or a society leads to social processes and the culture where an individual is developed. Eric Erickson talked about search for identity. He emphasized upon rational conscious ego processes in personality development. He said that development is a lifelong process. Ego identity is the central place in the process. The identity crisis that we face leads to the constant personality development. He also said that young people should put the central perspective and direction in the center of their life as the focus. This would lead to meaningful sense of unity and purpose. We also talked about the criticism of psychodynamic theories. It was based upon the four points. Case studies were having no proper scientific basis. Small sample size was there and generally male-focused sample or study it was. Lack of proper definitions for the concepts was given by Freud and we cannot test them scientifically. The behavioral approach to personality said that behavior is measurable and observable, definable through the actions. It results out of the action of a person. So each response, response becomes the basic unit of behavior. So it is learned by stimulus response connections and the reinforcements. Personality is a response of an individual to the environment. Personal development happens when a person learns new behaviors in response to new environment plus the stimuli. So response hence becomes the structural unit of personality. The learning of responses can happen through classical conditioning as discussed by Pavlo, instrumental conditioning by Skinner and observational learning or social conditioning by Bandura. 
The next approach that I talked about was the cultural approach of personality. It says that the economic maintenance system is the one that shapes cultural and behavioral variations. So, child learning environment generally is formed through the climatic conditions, nature of terrain of the habitat, the flora and the fauna, food availability. The above factors decide the economic activities of person, settlement patterns, division of labor, child rearing practices or styles. The rituals, ceremonies, arts, games that we play and religious practices form the personality. Personality hence is an adaptation of individuals or groups to the demands of their ecology and culture. Hunters for example would show traits like independence, autonomy and achievement while farmers would talk about obedience to elders, guide to youngsters and responsible to duties. The humanistic approach was given by Carl Rogers and Maslow. Both of them believed in the fully functioning individual. Carl Rogers said that an individual tries to achieve the fullest potentials of capabilities, potential talents and potentials. The two basic assumptions about behavior or this approach carries is behavior is goal-directed and purposeful and human beings are born good. They try to choose adaptive, self-actualizing behavior. It helps in fully functional individuals. So, there is a concept of ideal self and real self. When there is a balance, happiness is there. If there is a gap between the two, dissatisfaction and unhappiness occurs. So, personality development is a continuous process. We try to increase self-concept by achieving self-actualization. The positive experiences in our life leads to self-concept and self-esteem. High self-concept and self-esteem. While negative conditions leads to poor adjustments. Poor self-concept and self-esteem. People, all those who are having high self-concept and self-esteem are flexible, social and open to new experiences. They are the ones who grow and achieve self-actualizations. Client-centered therapy, as given by Carl Roger, generally focuses upon the unconditional positive regard, which suggests increased self-concept. Abraham Maslow gave five needs, biological, security, belongingness, self-esteem and self-actualization. He said that, once one of the needs is fulfilled, we move to the next ones. So, life is a process where we try to reach to the highest potential, which is the self-actualization need. We can assess personality through certain procedures to evaluate and differentiate people with certain characteristics. Why is assessment important? Because we understand the diagnosis of any issue, placement, training, counseling and other purposes. All these can be met through assessment. There are psychometric tests like IQ, Raven's Progressive Matrices which also help in assessment of personality. There are self-report inventories like MMPI, 16PF and EPQ or EPQR revised which helps in the assessment. For projective techniques, we have Rorschach Inkblot Test, Thematic Air Perception Test, Sentence Completion Test, Rosenwick Picture Frustration Test and Draw a Person Test. We can do behavioral analysis through interviews, observations, behavioral ratings, nominations as well as a situational test. Talking about MMPI, it has 567 statements which are generally true and false. This was given by Hathaway and McKinley. There are 10 subscales to measure this. Measure the personality of an individual. Generally, we talk about hypochondriasis, depression, hysteria, paranoia, schizophrenia, etc. through MMPI. Malik and Joshi gave an Indian version of MMPI known as Jodhpur Multiphasic Inventory, often called JMPI. So, with this, we finish the complete chapter on self and personality. Looking forward to you soon with another chapter, probably uh, chapter 1, the individual differences, or chapter 9. Let's see what I pick up. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and family. 
डू फॉलो मी ऑन माई फेसबुक ग्रुप और इंस्टाग्राम पेजेस द लिंक टू फेसबुक ग्रुप इज गिवन इन द डिस्क्रिप्शन ऑफ दिस एपिसोड द इंस्टाग्राम पेजेस एज यू नो बाई नाउ इज बाई द नेम डी आर के ए वी आई टी ए बी एच ए आर जी ए वी ए डॉक्टर कविता भार्गव एंड के साइक सर्विसेज के पी एस वाई सी एच एस ई आर वी आई सी ई एस आई हैव दीज टू इंस्टाग्राम हैंडल्स सो यू कैन फॉलो मी देर आई सी यू सोन टिल देन हैव हैप्पी लर्निंग एंड हैप्पी हीलिंग सायोनारा